Welcome to The Honest Pour with John Lennart, where we go beyond the bottle to connect you with the people and places that make each wine so unique. While blending has always been an important part of wines from Chianti Classico, the wines of Felsina have always been about showing the purity of Sangiovese. Today, that commitment is fostered by third-generation winemaker Giovanni Poggiali. Located in Casanova Bardegna, the southernmost commune of Chianti Classico, the south-facing vineyard slopes of Felsina produce wines that express a bolder, more powerful fruit than its neighbors to the north. I sat down with Giovanni to talk about his family's historic commitment to Sangiovese, the intense effort he has put into replanting the vineyard since he took over, and of course to taste some delicious wines. This special episode of The Honest Pour is brought to you in part by the Consorzio Vino Chianti Classico and by Foodator.com, bringing you the stories of Chicago chefs, restaurants, and people who make food all over town. Foodator.com. Hi, welcome to The Honest Pour. I'm John Lennart. We're here today at Falsina in Chianti Classico, and joining me is Giovanni Poggiali. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Tell me about Felsina. Give me a brief history of the place and how sure. it started. Sure, sure, sure. Felsina is really an ancient uh, um, place. It comes from the Etruscan people coming here. Uh, this uh, strange and uh, fantastic uh, people that uh, stayed in Tuscany and planted the vineyards uh, and grew up vineyards and had vineyards in, uh, and wine in their religion uh, before the Romans. Uh, but to be more uh, uh, up-to-date, uh, my grandfather bought this estate in 1966. We are actually at the end of the denomination. Our estate is cut by the border of the denomination. So uh, we are looking a light basin of light, looking to Montalcino, to Montepulciano. The yellow, I, I called yellow land before Chianti Classico, between Chianti Classico and those two other excellence. Why, why do you call it yellow land? Because it's uh, mainly, um, uh, it's a part of the Crete Senesi, a clay, very clay soils, that, uh, and um, uh, a lunar <laughs> area, very yellow because uh, in the summer during the the period of uh, uh, the harvesting, uh, all the grains that are planted are yellow, and so and okay. then with the sun it creates this. Uh, the golden this, uh, plain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not good for vineyards, but uh, um, very um, interesting uh, about uh, uh, the influence that this bas this basin has in this area, the northern part of Montalcino, northern part of Montepulciano, and the southern part of Chianti Classico. This is my opinion about that. So your family bought the property in 1966? My grandfather bought this property in wow. 1966. Uh, you know, Italy in 1966 uh, uh, was booming after the Second World War. Uh, my grandfather, uh, my family, comes from uh, Romagna, that is a part of the uh, actual region Emilia and Romagna, two regions put together. The Romagna region has an incredible story also talking about wines, because it's the only uh, area in the north of the Apennines producing and having uh, Sangiovese there. So oh. the loves of Sangiovese of, of each people in Romagna is, is uh, very known. 
every every father after the baptism baptism, baptism say, yeah. of the little children the religious baptism of course we do um, a more popular baptism with the with the finger in the Sangiovese and then in the mouth of the, mm -hmm. baby, of the little baby so there is a strange link between the uh, the population the people in Romania with this is a rape and uh, of course Tuscany is wonderful places and uh, my grandfather had the opportunity in 66 to bought this estate and immediately he bought with his love of for wine and uh, uh, he put uh, immediately um, milestone in the ideas around the wines here that is Sangiovese 100%. My Chianti Classico have to be Sangiovese 100%. That's the idea of my grandfather. Did that fall under denomination rules though? Yes, I have to say yes. We, we broke the, the, the rules in, in, uh, because he was so minded with this idea that uh, he wants, uh, uh, from the beginning, he told to the I have to say the truth. <laughs> he told me the master sellers, write what you want in your <laughs> papers. My Sangiovese, my Cantigazzo had to be 100% Sangiovese. That is the, the, the way of fanciness. In the, 90s, in the 60s, you know, also many, many Tuscans doesn't believe in these uh, rapes. Right. He maintained this faith uh, coming from the, the soul of uh, the idea of uh, coming from Romania. <laughs> Interesting. Mm. And how did you get involved in the world? Obviously you were born into it, but had you chosen to go away to university to study business or art or something else, engineering, okay. you could have probably done that. Why, why did you stay? You have to see that my family is a family of different generation of entrepreneurs yeah. in the port of the city of Ravenna in Romania. So total different business, mm -hmm. logistic, trading of raw materials and um, uh, my grandfather my father uh, they studied law and I was I am the first of three uh, brothers and in 1990 I finished the secondary school and I uh, uh, immediately uh, come here to uh, attend the University of Siena and together to learn something about wines, this business, uh, and uh, what was a farm, uh, what is a farm. After six months, I went to my father and said, Dad, I'm sorry, if you don't want to waste money, I leave uh, the study of law, and I follow my uncle Giuseppe Mazzocolin, my analog Franco Bernabe, and the way of, uh, of wines. I fell totally in love <laughs> with this. See, it was a passion to be here also when I was a young boy, uh, to smell all the, uh, and to taste the products of uh, Tuscany, olive oil, wines, and everything here. But uh, when I was 18, it was really uh, love, <laughs> really love. I've been in this series of special podcasts from Chianti Classico. I've been going to all the different sub-regions of Chianti Classico. Mm -hmm. You're here on the very far south end of Chianti Classico in Castelnuovo Baradena. How are the Chianti Classicos different here than, say, they are in Rada or... Okay, I speak of Felsina, sure. the hill of Rancha, that is the last hill of the... 
dus loopt. Of kent die classico in de stad. Ja, right down to the edge of mm. the region. Um, I use in general an, an expression of uh, a great man of wine in Italy, a journalist, uh, Luigi Veronelli, that was friends of um, uh, a friend of friend of my grandfather, and um, he said that Felsina Brunelleggia, meaning that is a Chianti Classico, but is looking to Brunello, the power of the of the of the uh, grapes, uh, sorry for my English again. <laughs> um, the power that we have here in the grapes is a little bit more um, strong. And in general, you find in all the line that we have to taste now, you, you will find um, sh uh, tobaccos, um, hearth, truffles, uh, in a quantity and in, uh, that gives an, an impression to the wines. Uh, very, very uh, important. So those are the main characteristics of this kind of uh, uh, Sangioveses here. Now you produce wines both from the Chianti Classico side of your property as well as the yeah. Palese side of the property. Yeah. Today we're going to fo focus on the Chianti Classicos. What wines do we have to taste? Uh, we have all the lines of the Chianti Classico on the market and actually the Chianti Classico 2017 the Reserva uh, of Chianti Classico 16, coming from a selection of the grapes, mainly in the area of the hills of Rancha, hill of Rancha. Mm -hmm. The Rancha, that is a, a crew, we can say, uh, of a particular area around the, the ancient farmhouse of Rancha, 16. The 16 Fontaloro, that is uh, the bottle that with which my uh, grandfather uh, could talk about Sangiovese 100% because it's an IGT. It represented the two souls of the Sangiovese uh, blended together. One vineyards on the rocky soils of the uh, Chianti Classico, two vineyards of Sangiovese in the more uh, sandy soil of uh, Chianti Collisanesi. And um, at the end, we have uh, 11 Colonia, a single vineyard on the top of the hill of uh, Rancha surrounded by the woods, very, very rocky soil. The particular story also, <laughs> linked to my family. This is, the two, uh, this is a, a Gran Selezione, uh, and uh, is uh, 11, and the vintage is 11. The Colonia, if I'm not mistaken, is that the vineyard that you planted? Yeah. Yeah, you planted that vineyard. Why did you select that site for Colonia? Uh, for its particularity, peculiarity because uh, uh, it's a vineyard, uh, as I said, at the top of this hill, very, very rocky. Um, we were convinced that uh, to have another reserva like Rancha, of the vineyards, um, after um, the first selection of the grapes, uh, it takes a lot of time to have uh, Colonia as a single vineyard, as uh, a label of uh, Gran Selezione, because this rocky soil needs two, two um, years and a half to be planted. This land, uh, uh, my grandfather started to work with dynamite in the 70s there. Right. Just blasting away, huh? Yeah, because there are rocks like cars. Yeah. In the, I, I don't know exactly the, the age, I don't remember, but at the end of the 70s, the first years of the 80s, 
the go- Italian government stopped the possibility to work with dynamite in, in, oh. in agriculture because of the red terrorism in Italy in the, oh, in the years. Okay. They stole dynamites and they used for attacking, terrorist attack. They stopped it. My grandfather, a good entrepreneur, uh, said, no, we cannot work on that without dynamite. It costs too much. When I was 18 here, I, years old, starting to work in this farm, I and with some budget more due to the starting of the commercialization in, in, in a good number of bottles of, uh, of the other Chianti's. Uh, I have the budget and I asked my grandfather to work with the machines there. I took, it took uh, two years and a half to plant the Sangiovese. My grandfather died the same year as I, uh, I finished the, the, the vineyards, to plant the vineyards. And I have the, always in mind to dedicate uh, something to, to him. It's something that happened in, in the wineries. Uh, it's a good thing. But it took so from uh, 1993 to 2006 to have the first selection of grapes for Colonia. Wow. The roots of these... Uh, just took forever to have so, quality grapes. Yeah. Huh? We used for Chianti Classico Regular for many, many years. And then a little bit for the Reserva. And later, only later, in 2006, to produce uh, finally this... Uh, and that is still a selection of the grapes of these, uh, of these vineyards. Where does the name come from? Uh, the name comes from uh, Colonia Helioterapica. That means the places where in the uh, 18th century, eight, 18th century, at the end of the 18th century, uh, medicine, medicine mm-hmm. uh, sent people with enemy, enemy, white, uh, with the, they need to the so, they need the so-called bath of sun. Okay. 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 So Colonia Helioterapica means uh, because it's the top of a hill. Uh, and there was there, and in the maps of the 18th century, it uh, was written Colonia Helioterapica. And the, uh, the people that works uh, for these uh, farms always call this piece of uh, uh, land place. Colonia, the, the oh. field of Colonia. And they never want uh, my grandfather to plant anything there. No, too rocky, nothing comes from there, grain, no, nothing. Don't stay to don't waste time in Colonia. Should we take some wine? Sure, sure, okay, sure. Where sure. are we going to start? Of course, we start from uh, the seventeen Chianti Classicos. It's uh, everyone know that it was a very, very um, sunny summer. Uh, Chianti Classico in general lost thirty percent, thirty forty percent in some areas of the production. Right away, we talked about that power mm. of, of, of this area. I can, yeah, you it can, comes on the nose. It's, yeah, you can, you can. You, everything's there. It's it's pretty. Yeah, there's there's nice floral notes and good minerality. Of course, good fruit. And the flagship of of the of the state. I, I it has to be every year. Um, it has to represent what is felt, you know, also in vintages like 2014, where we put all the grapes on the production of, of Chianti Classico. Terrible vintages, but proud of it, mm-hmm. me and my guys in the cellar. Because uh, also in 2014, it represents uh, the, really the, the, the soul of Felsina. Wonderful texture on this wine. It starts out almost like 
sometimes Merlot gets that lush, kind of soft feel. It's, it starts that way, and then of course the, the mouthfeel changes to that grippiness of, of, of Sangiovese. And the fruit is delicious. Great, great complexity to this. What's our next wine? This one is a Reserva that is um, uh, aged uh, like uh, Chianti Classico Regular in um, big Slavonian oak cask, but also in, uh, in uh, uh, small uh, barrels of uh, second and third passage. This is for the past. In the last two years, and this is one of the first represented, uh, the vintage 2016, we started to use uh, uh, tonneau, the 500 uh, liters uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, French barrels. And um, we have also changed to white, to black, to, to make uh, the label, to, to give uh, uh, the message of a new concept of the, on the developing of this uh, kind of bottle is uh, the selection of the grapes of the Chianti Classico area only uh, around the, the part of the hills of Rancha, okay? But a selection. The nose on this wine is a little prettier, more, more delicate than, than the Classico. But still with a lot of those same elements, there's... Um, Nice flowers and a little more herb, huh? And again, you, so. can, you can find felsina, the main characteristic of felsina, tobaccos, some together with the fruits, red, but also black. Yeah, that tobacco, right? That's because that coming through most of your wines, the tobacco notes yes. and, Earth, you know, and just terroir. Yeah, absolutely. How about next? The next uh, is uh, rancha. That is really uh, the vineyards around. It started as a single vineyards. Now is the vineyards around the ancient farmhouses of mm -hmm. uh, Rancha, and again is a selection of of the grapes. Uh, and so each years can be uh, different quantities. It's about um, forty uh, thousand bottles around. It depends uh, vintage by vintage. It was the first crew identified by my grandfather together with our analogist, with um, the help of uh, Gino Luigi Veronelli at the, at, the, at the time. And first vintage is 1993 uh, with uh, 13 French oak barrels, new. And then uh, the concept of the wine uh, in, immediately went to the use of half and a half, half new and half of one passage barrels um, to uh, follow the, the, the strength of the grapes uh, in the proper way mm -hmm. and in the way that my family love, of course, because this course. is their main driver is this, right. of course. And um, so, see, yes, 16, it was a, a very, I, f I find it great 16, I love this 16. Um, it was a, a classical uh, vintages um, and uh, happy in the in the quantity and in the quality, fresh, um, uh, fat, uh, but not too much. Uh, sure. And uh, I, I really love these vintages. Yeah. No, we were up at Rancho a little bit earlier, and the the original old. It was a monastery, and then it became a yeah. farmhouse, yeah, and yeah, yeah. the original structures there. And you're still using that 
for the production of Vinsanto. We yeah? still use to dry the Vinsanto grapes there. Of course, uh, all the members of my family have a, a dream about the restructuring of, uh, of the farmhouses. Well, who knows, in the future I have some idea for uh, that uh, uh, place, a mad magical place. Yeah, and then the vineyards go down, heading south from the farmhouse and yes. spread out in front of it. And it's got that classic Chianti Classico uh, soil. Yes. It's very rocky, a little bit red. I don't know if you noticed, but there is a differences in the vineyards. In the, in the, uh, there is the, the high part of the vineyards there's very rocky soil, the classical uh, right. uh, rocks of Chianti Classico. Going down, you have a different soils. Um, um, it's uh, influenced from the river, of, uh, the valley of the river Umbrone mm -hmm. that we have uh, on the left, uh, looking down the, the, the vineyards. That uh, changes a little the, the, the soil. And it's, uh, we are doing a lot of different vinification in the cellars there in on, on all the vineyards that we have in the Chianti Classico. Just yeah. because of the soil the variations? Yeah, there the is vineyard. a lot of variation and we have never, we started in the 60s, in the 66, as I said, with the try to identify quality, different qualities in all the vineyards and this process is a, a continuous process. I have the guys uh, doing micro vinification of all the different Sangioveses. Not actually, uh, we are ready in Italy and Chianti Classico Diminutions is not so ready to produce too many, uh, like in, in, in Bourgogne, too many uh, different labels because mm -hmm. the markets still do not uh, uh, want this, probably. But we do as a work in the cellar and for the family. Now, this wine is a, is a little deeper and richer in color than, than the uh, Chianti Classico Reserva. And the nose is more about the fruit than sort of the, the earthier notes of the Reserva. But still, those, 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 those notes, are, those earthy notes are there to add complexity. But fruit's fruit first, for sure. Great texture, nice complexity. This is a, this is a good wine. Very balanced also if it is very young. Wonderfully That's balanced. 2016. Yeah, you don't have to wait 10 years for this wine. You can no. open this out tomorrow for dinner and yeah. enjoy it. Not that you won't be paid off for aging it for a while, because it's got the body to age. It's got mm. the acidity and the tannin structures sure. that can help it age for yeah, 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 yeah. 10 years or more. But problem. More. We have surely more. <laughs> yeah. When did you start producing the, uh, the, the, the Rancho? 1983. That was the first vintage. Yeah. 1983. When you go back and taste those older vintages, they hold up well? Sure, absolutely. We have, uh, of course, uh, at the time, we had not stored so many bottles of 83, 80, in the 80s. We, 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 we have just for particular situation, mm -hmm. and, um, but we're still working. Terrific. Yeah. The yeah. same for Fontaloro, the next wine, that is the Alter Ego. <laughs> of Francia. Fontaloro was considered one of, from you Americans, one of the super Tuscan, but is one of the few 100% Sangiovese, like the other brothers of Chianti Classico denomination. So not to your grandfather with his 100% Sangiovese, <laughs> yeah? Yeah. And it was, a, I call also a political bottle because it is the bottle, is an IGT because it comes from the two different denominations. 
vineyards that I have in Chianti Classical, rocky soil, and in sandy soil of Chianti Collisionese. So it cannot be Chianti Classical or Chianti Classical Collisionese, and is the IGT of Toscana, and that gives the possibility to say to people wine here in Tuscany and in the consortium, look, Sangiovese 100% works, can be, we have to change the rules in this denomination. For many years, my family do the, uh, did this battle, and uh, in the middle of the 90s, finally it changed the rules, and it's possible to declare 100% Sangiovese on the wines of Chianti Classic. But at the times, in the 80s, was through these bottles and some other few producers that believes strongly in Sangiovese's uh, possibility mm. that uh, gave us the possibility to say, look, can age, can be a great wine, no, not less than Cab Cabernet or right. Pinot Noir or other great wines of the world. It's so elegant on the nose. Are you using just one clone? Do you have different clones to do different things in here? I personally have replanted all the vineyards when I was very young. Known all, not all the vineyards, but uh, we have still some um, small parts of old vineyards, but uh, um, I choose, we choose, because we are a team, <laughs> of course, uh, we choose to use uh, new uh, clones and also the old clones with a muscle selection. selection. So actually, row to row, we have different oh, kinds of really? Yeah. Yeah. They must have been a challenge planning that. That's What's it. the print? It's crazy. Yeah, I, guess, I guess you could. It's crazy, but it's funny. Because of, well, because of the way the vineyards change soil by soil so fast here, you're able to. Then if you put the different uh, clones with the different soils, you can. But I, I, I love this because it, it's like a painter's. You have a lot of colors in in in, in your I don't know the name. Palette. Uh, in, in your palette. 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 And uh, so, for Wulov's uh, Sangiovese and Wulov's viticulture, like uh, me and my family, it's beautiful to have all these colors. Of course, we have in the cellars, we have microvitifications, but we cannot sell on the market too many labels of that. But it's uh, good for me for, for, and for the guys in the cellars to focus on Sangiovese's wow. differences. Fruit's a little darker here, but it's supported. It's nice, bright acidity that you'd expect from San University. Very nice, very nice. And we have one more wine. Yes, we have uh, the Gran Selezione, Colonia uh, 11. I, it's better probably the second uh, glass. Yes. <clears throat> now, Gran Selezione, bit of a controversial yeah. uh, idea. What did you think when it was introduced? I have to confess that uh, I was not of the, it was a good idea. I also expressed this in some, probably voted in the consortium against the idea. Um, now it's working and uh, there are people that appreciate this, uh, this idea. At the end is a, a different concept in the vinification, on the aging of, of Sangiovese that gives uh, Another step on the uh, staying on on, uh, on the woods, mm -hmm. on, the, on barrels. 
Mm. For us, uh, it was curious, but um, I, I, I told you the story of these vineyards. Uh, we started in the first vineyard in 2006, and it was supposed to be a, a, a Reserva Chianti Classico of another area of the state, like Arancia. But uh, the aging process uh, can be in the rules of mm -hmm. Gran Selezione, so I moved the bottle in the in this uh, uh, in this uh, selection but for felsina is the same the project was to have a more aged uh, uh, sangiovese from these very strong grapes coming from these very rocky vineyards on top of this hill of rancha so actually uh, i don't want to say that is different for me that if, if Colani is <laughs> a Gran Salatino or not, but... Uh, uh, it meets the guidelines. I was a rugby player, so I'm, uh, when the captain said we go to push there, we push there together. So <laughs> I lost my battle in the consortium, but uh, now I fight also for Gran Salatino. <laughs> okay, good, this good. is the idea. Really wonderful, kind of earthy, mushroomy notes. I find also something that is a variation on the theme of Francia. That is something that is not in Rancha. That is something that I call ink or a, a powder pulver, a powder of, of the stones. When you broke a stone, mm -hmm. you, you feel something you, you like... You smell that yeah, rock, something yeah, like that. dust. And so you can find all the elements of Felsian and of Rancha in terms of fruit, tobacco, uh, mushroom, earth. But you find also this, uh, this kind of uh, different taste of... Uh, yes maybe ink, maybe uh, something between ink and the powder of stones. Mm -hmm. Strong minerality. Quite a bit. Forward, right now the tannins are a little young, even for 2011, the grippy, the tannin. Yeah, and you know that 2011 was a strange uh, uh, vintage, also for Felsina, because uh, it, uh, it, it looked like a, a an early vintage because it was very, the land of August, hot, hot, very hot, very warm. And we are very worried what happened. We have to pick up the, the, these grapes, we check it. At the, at the last moment comes some fresh air, some rain, and again fresh air, fresh air, and, and it becomes a late harvest. But it started with the very dried, uh, concentrated grapes becoming a late uh, Harvest, and so those those talk to all the vintage eleven. Uh, an immediate, it was immediately uh, drinkable. Uh, let me let me say, and also for this kind of uh, the structured wines, uh, this is the uh, the idea in this wine. Yeah. In two thousand eleven, is the current vintage available on the market? Yes, we did not produce many bottles of this. We are uh, in two thousand eleven around. Uh, 5,000 bottles. Oh, okay. So, so this would be it's in the market, literally. Challenging <laughs> to find, but <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. recommend you go and select, go and search this wine out. This is spectacular wine. Just delicious. Thank you. Giovanni, thank you so much for your time. It's clear that when your grandfather came here to select this place to grow grapes to make great wine, he succeeded, and you're carrying on that tradition today and all that you're doing.
I'm proud to do this. Thank you very much. Thank you. For John's tasting notes on the wines from this episode, go to www.thehonestpoorpod.com. Make sure you catch every episode by subscribing to The Honest Pour with John Lennart at iTunes, Stitcher, or the Google Play Store. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook at The Honest Pour with John Lennart and follow us on Twitter at The Honest Pour. This has been The Honest Pour with John Lennart. Music by Kevin McLeod. 